Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, if you got a Bible, go ahead and meet me in Psalm chapter 68. We're going to read verses 4 through 6 this morning. Uh, a passage of scripture that, I, that I've come to love, and we're going to continue in our struggle is real, but dot, dot, dot series. If you have missed any of these sermons, even in interviews, I want you to go back and just check them out. I, I promise it will bless you because here's the reality. In this season of COVID-19 and this pandemic, I, I do believe God's doing something in our hearts. And it's the perfect space for us to kind of get under the covers a little bit in the, in the midst of this mess around us and see what God's really working on in us. He's doing something. He's up to something. Amen, somebody? Amen, amen. Psalm chapter 68, verses 4 through 6. If you got it, go ahead and write got it in the chat. Uh, Psalm 68, verses 4 through 6. Hear now the reading of God's word. It says, sing to, the, sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt before him, Father to the fatherless and protector of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Very word of God, amen. Today I want to talk about the struggle with loneliness. The struggle with loneliness. Before we go any further, let's pray together. Father, right now, God, I ask you, as always, just to hide me behind your cross. Decrease me in this place, Lord, so that you may increase. Have your way and let your word fall afresh on your people this morning. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all say amen. Amen. Now, as we get into our time today, this struggle with loneliness, it's a real one. It's a real struggle for all of us, and it looks different in many ways. And I know, I know some of y'all are like, well, Pastor D, I'm not lonely. I don't deal with lonely. I'm not single. This and that. Look, hear me. Loneliness doesn't just mean one thing or the other. It doesn't just mean you're single. Look, all of us can be lonely, whether you're whether you're rich, you're poor, you're single, you're 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 married, you're young, you're old, introverted, extroverted, a leader or a follower. Especially in this season of COVID nineteen, we've all been dealing with some type type of loneliness, and we may know it. Some of us may not know it, but hear me, because loneliness it does not always involve you being depressed or down and out. No, no, no. Loneliness doesn't have to look like that. For, for me, especially when I get lonely, which is a, an emotion that I, I don't normally deal with. I, I, it's not an emotion that I would be able to point out and be like, man, I'm lonely. But the, the way I've become to, to know when I'm lonely, when I, the way I've come to know when I'm lonely is when it starts creeping up in my life, I start trying to meditate on something else. I, I take my mind someplace else or I'm quick to pick up the phone and call a friend or, or I get occupied with doing something else with my hands. I, I got to be into something because here's the reality. And most of you guys are probably just like me. Y'all, we don't like loneliness. We don't like feeling lonely. 
I mean, nobody wakes up in the morning and be like, oh, it's a great day to be lonely. <laughs> no, we don't think that way. Nobody's craving or thirsting to be lonely. Nobody's yearning to be lonely. But family, you know what I do believe, though? What happens in the midst of this loneliness? It's, see, it's, it's in the midst of our, our loneliness or those low spaces. Watch this. That God does his best work. He does his best work. You know why? Because it's in those spaces that, that, that God has us all by himself. There's no distractions. There's nothing taking away from him. And our, it, it, he's got our attention. We're with him. And we're all in this COVID-19 space and in Chicago. We're staying at home and we're experiencing this loneliness a little bit. We're experiencing it in one aspect or another. And, and hear me, hear me, hear me. I don't want you to fight it. I don't want you to fight it. Because in that space, I need us to know and believe that God is at work. He's near and he's up to something there. He's gotten our attention. And friends, I say it every week. Let's not miss a second of what God is doing right now in this second. Let's, let's not miss it. Let's not miss him. Let's not miss him and keep moving. That's what we tend to do in our loneliness. And this psalm right here, Psalm 68, it's a hymn. It's a hymn by which God's people, they're celebrating the, his continued care and protection for Israel. In this psalm, they're remembering how God has led them through the wilderness in their lives and, and through the actual physical wilderness into their inheritance. This psalm recognizes how God has continually protected his people, and he always will. Uh, this is a psalm that's a constant reminder of God never leaving us nor forsaking us. Uh, these three verses we read today, verses four through six, they're verses that Many of us have heard before. We reference him. God is a father to the fatherless. He takes care of the widow. But these are verses exhorting us to praise God. They're exhorting us to praise God. But the thing that's significant that always catches me off guard when I'm reading Psalm 68 is that he's not just exhorting us that, that are in good times when we have great times saying praise him when you're there. No, no. You got to pay attention to who he's exhorting in this passage. He's actually exhorting those people that are down and out, the ones that are helpless, the ones that feel lonely. He's saying you, you praise God. But see, if we're honest, when we're helpless, when we're feeling lonely, that's not the space we really want to play, praise God. And that, that's not the, the space that we want to go to him. Because, because in those spaces, honestly, if we're, I said this last week too, it's in those spaces that we tend to not like to be. We, we, we feel the loneliness. We feel the distance. We feel down and out. We feel depressed. And we notice it. And we, we typically run from that place really quickly. We don't like to sit there. We try to get away from it as far as we can. But when we read these scriptures in Psalm chapter 68, the psalmist in here, he does not tell us to run from those places. But instead, watch what he says. He says, praise God. He says, praise him. Look at verse four. It says, sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. This verse lets us know that, that we're not only to praise God, but we're also to praise God in those dry spaces, in those dry places. And the reason we know this is because it says in this text that, that God rides through the deserts. And if you know anything about a desert, a desert is a dry place. 
It's not a lot of water. It's a, it's a dry place. This all lets us know that, that when we're in those places where we feel like God has left us, and where we feel like God is distant, he's nowhere to be found, the truth is, in actuality, he's closer than we know. He's closer than we know. The text moves on, and it says in verse 5 through 6, look at it. He's a father to the fatherless and protector of widows. Is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity. Now, family, I need you to pay attention to these words right here. The fatherless, the widow, the person in solitary or by themselves, the the prisoner. The scripture lets us know that God is close to all of these people in very intimate ways. Again, he's a a father, a holy habitation, a, a, a home, and a place of prosperity. Now, when you look at all these different people that have been named off right here in in this verse, all these folks are typically people that are cast down in society. And they're looked down upon, they're ostracized, they're weak, they're, they're vulnerable. They have been oppressed by many others. And the simple conclusion when you read that is that it lets us know that there's no depth that we can go to. There, there's no place of oppression or amount of oppression that we can endure that's so much to, to really, that, 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 can, that can separate our, us out of, or bring us out of relationship with God. Don't miss that. There, there's nothing that can happen to us or, or we could even do to ourselves that can separate us from the love of God. That's what the psalmist is really saying here. When you're down and out, when you're in those low spaces, no, 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 no. You're not separated from God, really. He's right there with you. The Lord is with us. And scripture tells us, this is one of my favorite verses in Psalm 34, verses 17 through 18. It says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. This being one of my favorite verses of scripture, it It's one that I constantly come back to when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling depressed, when I'm feeling lonely. I come back to this because through these verses, I'm affirmed that the Lord not only still hears me, but he also delivers me. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't leave me or forsake me. No, instead, the scripture tells me he's near. He's near to me. He knows what's going on in my emotions. He knows what's going on in my spirit. This lets me know, watch this, that I can be weak with him. It lets me know that that no matter who is with me or how low I go, he will never leave me, which means that I can praise him in the high times and also can praise him in the low times. Hear me, because I don't want you to miss this. Someone's listening right now and and you feel lonely. You, You feel down and out this morning. Like nobody's with you, like, and you're just over, you know, Zoom calls. You're done with being at home. And I, I hear you. I, I'm tired of doing Zoom calls. I, I'm right there with you. I get it. I, I feel it with you. But I need us all to hear me. Hear the scriptures. God's with us. He hasn't left us. And, and I want to encourage us all to wrestle in the midst of that loneliness and continually look to God because he's near and he's at work. Praise through those lonely spaces, the psalmist tells us. When we get down and out, praise him. 
Well, as you know, one of my desires through this series was not to just preach a sermon to you and talk about struggles, but I wanted you all, and I want myself even too, to dive in and be able to see real people with real struggles and how they're striving towards Jesus, how, how God is working in their life right now in this season. So uh, this week, I, I did an interview with several folks here at our church, and I want you to watch it with me. And my prayer through this is that, is that you'll, you'll, you'll not only wrestle with the struggle, maybe with loneliness that's going on within your heart, uh, but that it will drive you to a more fervent place with Jesus, that you will run after him harder. Because here's the understanding, and I said this already, is that all of us are dealing with loneliness in one way or another. Some of us knowingly are dealing with it, and many of us unknowingly. And so I want you to watch this interview, and I I pray that God speaks to you in that place where you are right now. Watch this with me. What's up, guys? Thanks for being here. Um, I told everybody that we, you know, this is a series that we're doing on The Struggle is Real, and uh, one of the things of the series that I, I love and we get to do is that we get to talk to real people and talk about the struggle and how it looks in different different ways in different people's lives. Uh, talked about loneliness already a little bit, and you know, loneliness can look different for, for in, in many different ways, come from many different perspectives. And I'm glad that you guys joined us today because I get to talk to you all, and you're in different walks of life. You come from different places, different stages, and you're all dealing with this in different ways. Um, so I'm looking forward to just hearing from you all and how you can help us out even with this struggle and how we're running after Jesus, too, in the midst of it. And so I'm going to have you introduce yourself and then just talk to us a little bit about, about that struggle. Okay. First, I want to talk to my man, Dan. Dan, the man. Love you, brother. I'm thankful for you here at the church and, and who you are. Um, man, what is it like? You're, you're, you're a single brother uh, in the city, professional. Uh, you've been working in in the city for quite a bit. You were in ministry. Now you're in the IT world, uh, and now we're in the midst of COVID nineteen. And what's it what's it like being uh, a brother here in the city, single, and dealing with this whole loneliness? How are you running after Jesus? What are some things that you're doing in your life right now? Yeah, you know, I think for me, you know, I'm pretty introverted and I'm pretty tech savvy, and so I think um, I'm probably built better for a situation like this than most people. Um, You know, staying on a Friday night is something that, you know, given my own devices, I would kind of do naturally in a lot of ways. And now I'm able to play, you know, found different ways to play games with people. I'm a big board gamer. I play some video games online. Um, And so I can still kind of get that kind of community and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I still, you know, work from home, live alone. Um, And so I think that can just very much naturally be a struggle. You know, I think... You know, it's easy to go on Instagram and, you know, Derek, I see you playing with your kids out there and like, I'm just chilling here, like hanging out with my cat, sitting alone and stuff like that. And so I think there's just, you know, as much time as I spend on Zoom and connecting with people and really hanging out, I think there's still just, you know, you're still just missing being around people. You know, I miss going to church on Sunday and seeing all of these people. I probably haven't seen Luke or Ramon in like in months, you know what I mean? Just because we just don't get together on Sundays anymore. And so I think you know, trying to figure out what community looks like through this kind of distance um, can really be a struggle in a lot of ways. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy who can just like talk forever. Um, and so I also found I just kind of have a struggle chatting with people because I'm not doing anything. You know what I mean? I'm going on Zoom calls. I, I might play some games, but I'm not trying new restaurants. I'm not going on vacations and no, no one else is either. And so, 
know, what do we talk about? What, what changes in our lives? Like I'm healthy, which is great. My job's secure, which is great. But, you know, I feel there's kind of nothing happening, um, which is just kind of a struggle to, you know, how do we connect with people and stuff like that? And that's great. Thanks for sharing that. And you, you lead a group right now. And so you've been pretty, you know, integrated in the church and just, you know, what's that look like kind of like in your walk with Jesus a little bit and just, you're just walking through this struggle a bit. How, how do you keep your eyes on him in this season? Yeah, I mean, I think my small group has just been a really big part of this for me. You know, we'll get together, you know, we get together every Wednesday. Uh, we open up a Zoom call on Sunday during service so we can kind of have something like that where we talk before and after and stuff like that. Some of us actually stay on just like awkwardly sit there while watching service, still on a Zoom call and stuff like that. Um, and I think for me, it's just, it's easy to, we have a lot more time, but I feel like fill it with things that aren't always um, gratifying. Like I'll watch a lot of Netflix or I'll play video games. Um, I think just because of the change in routine, I, I've probably struggled a bit trying to just like be regular in the word. You know, I don't, I'm not commuting anymore. We have a lot more time. Um, but I haven't found that rhythm necessarily to always go to God when I need to and stuff like that. And I think that's, you know, that is a bit of a struggle in this situation. Um, but really just knowing that, you know, community can come from the church and that has still been a rock for me has been, been really helpful during this time. Man, that's awesome. And, and, and really, the struggle is real, as you just let us know. Um, that's, thank you for sharing that so much. Hey, Ramon, my brother, I, I love you, man. The Puerto Rican, my brother from another, uh, another mother. Um, man, what, what's the struggle like for you? I know you being here in the city, um, you're, you're from this area. You, I like to joke with you, and I, I say that you can talk to a wall. You know, you're extroverted. Uh, everybody knows Ramon at Moody. Everybody knows you around the city. It seems like you you have a family, you have two kids, um, and you're in school. I mean, what's it been like for you, you know, just struggling in this season, just loneliness? What's that look like for you? Yeah, um, man, I, I will say quarantine is probably uh, my worst nightmare. <laughs> um, I, I am definitely a people person. I love uh, just engaging people on a very just casual level to uh, getting to talk life and what moves and motivates people that fuels me. Um, and I've always understood it that way in the explanation of an extrovert. Um, but I've never had to go uh, without being able to practice that, which quarantine and the stay at home order kind of puts in place. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't really understand what it, what it meant that, an extrovert is fueled by people. Uh, so for me, when I went into it, I was like, all right, I got this, I'll do it. But I, I began to realize what a toll that it took on me, specifically in my motivation. Um, I, I've got to this place where, um, you know, on a normal basis, I'm very active, I'm very in a number of different things, but with everything having to stop and, and be at home, I thought I would go a little stir crazy, but I think the opposite actually happened for me where I just felt like I, I just shut everything off and it just felt like such a uh, challenge to get going on things, to, to write papers for school still and to, to engage in different discussion boards for school. Uh, being a father of two and having uh, one kid that is full e-learning and the other child that is uh, in a partial e-learning situation 
it was hard to even kind of be the example for them of what e-learning looks like at home. And I think I wanted to lie to myself. Like I, I felt like in the beginning, as I was processing all this and going through it, I, I kept telling myself like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to figure this thing out. Like I'm going to get there at some point. And it just never happened. I just, I just stood stuck. And I think it was when my wife started realizing like, you're, you're a little, like, you're a little off. And um, in a very kind and gentle way, she kind of just was like, are you okay? And I think it, it that forced me to really ask the question of like, are you okay, Ramon? And man, it, it was, a, it was a real wrestling to, to, to come to that place and say like, man, I am, I am not okay. I am struggling with this in a way that I'm, I'm trying to avoid even of saying like, because being an extrovert and being so people focused and relationship driven is so embedded in me naturally in my personality, the question that I had to ask of, am I okay? Almost felt like me also asking what's wrong with Ramon. And as I stepped into that question and was, man, by God's grace, being able to be transparent with uh, Pastor Derek, uh, close friends of mine, even with my wife and talking through it, it wasn't so much about Ramon being broken in this situation, but as much as Ramon losing something that is so key to him. So it, it, was, really, it was really hard because something that fueled me when it when it disappeared really stripped my motivation away for the things that I normally do on a normal basis. I didn't expect that to happen. Um, so I had to find creative ways. My wife helped a lot with this and, uh, you know, connecting with friends through Zoom calls to do board like uh, game nights and uh, playing video games with friends that I haven't done in years um, to man, just walking around the park and, and, and uh, doing a number of just simple things that I thought like, oh, I'll just put aside, but we're still very de detrimental to me uh, finding a groove and getting back to this place. So I felt like in a healthy state again, uh, because for a while I just felt just kind of uh, numb. Um, but I just wanted to, I just kept lying to myself, you know? So that, that, that's been, and, and again, every day is, is a new day and some days are good and some days are, are still a struggle in that. Um, but it's it's something that I'm really just trying to work through and, and continue to go to Jesus about. That's good, man. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. And it just seems like you just in your story is having to learn to be a lot more intentional and and still be extroverted. But it looks different in this season. Games and walks, and I've heard a lot of people say they're going on walks. But and thanks for sharing all of that, man. I'm gonna yeah. move on to Trish, my sister. Um, thank you for jumping on here with us. Um, Trish, you you are a professional lawyer here in the city. You're young, single, African-American. You've worked hard to get where you are right now. Um, and you also lead a group here at the church. You do a lot in the church. You've been very active. You got girlfriends in the church and people outside that you hang out with. I, I mean, I'd love to hear just what's it like for you in this season, just struggling um, with this loneliness piece. I mean, we're all dealing with it in different ways as we're already seeing. What's that like for you? How are you continually pursuing Jesus right now? Yeah, um, I think I I have almost been, God has been preparing me for this season, right? In a way, um, 
I think um, back to a, I think it was a podcast I was listening to a few years ago, and the pastor was talking about, um, she was speaking to women specifically, but she was speaking about the importance of knowing um, not only one, what makes you tick, but also what makes you reset and how you can only find that out or figure that out for yourself. You can't do that um, through your family or in a relationship or with with friends. So that's something that really resonated with me a couple years ago. So when I moved to Chicago, I made the intentional decision to live by myself. Um, and I feel like that's why I say I think God has been preparing me for this season, because I think that these last few years, he's really been um, showing me um, ways to get comfortable being by myself. Um, even before all of this, you know, this entire pandemic situation happened. And lately I've been um, thinking about the scripture Philippians 4.11, which talks about, you know, no matter the situation or the season that, that I'm in, there will I be content. And that's just been, you know, going around and around in, in my mind. So I'm thinking about ways, um, yes, now in this season of the pandemic, but also in these last few years, as I've been here in the city living by myself, about ways and, and things that help me find contentment. So specifically in these last few months, I've been very intentional about um, the work, you know, that you mentioned. My job is, um, it's a lot more stressful because I am dealing directly with um, uh, constituents who are in very stressful situations as a result of the pandemic. But for me, I find that that's a way to serve the season, right? Like when I look back on this time, I'm going to be able to know that I was a part of, um, helping people during this really difficult time when they needed someone. Um, another way that, and that fills me and that brings me contentment, knowing that I'm helping, even though I can't touch these people, I'm able to speak to them on the phone and provide them with encouragement and resources. Um, another way is cooking, right? Like that allows me to be creative, but it also allows me to enjoy the time that I'm spending by myself. And that's something that I was working on even before this pandemic season. But it, it's another example of how I reset and how I can do that on my own. Um, and then, of course, being intentional about the conversations and the people that I'm reaching out to, whether it's my family or my friends, the conversations that I've been having in the last few months or few weeks have been so intentional and so fruitful more than ever before, because I think I'm having to be uh, more intentional. Um, but that also brings me contentment. And then finally, um, I love to read. That's normally something that I do on my own, but I thought, wow, like, you know, this is a, an activity that brings me contentment and peace, no matter the situation or season that I'm in, how can I share that with other people? And I, and so I started a virtual book club for women and, you know, we get on there every Thursday and I think it allows, um, women to connect, even though we can't be together physically, but it's turned an activity that I used to to do on my own to reset, to help other women reset too. But I think those are just some tangible ways that help me feel closer to Jesus um, because they bring me individual contentment and they allow me to see, um, see God really in those specific activities. And then more importantly, they allow me to serve the season that we're in. That's awesome. That's awesome. I heard you just talk about contentment and just struggling for that contentment and everything just kind of just really seeking after the Lord and seeing contentment. 
intentionality, book club. Hey, and I heard you say cooking. So when this thing is over, I got to get a meal. Okay. I'm coming over there and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to dig in, all right? I need to taste this cooking. So, but thanks for sharing all of that. That's amazing um, how you're continually running after Jesus and continually being intentional in this season. Um, Lauren, thanks for jumping on with us. Um, yeah, you're, you've been at our church for quite a while now. You're running our kids' ministry. Uh, you've been pretty active here in the city uh, with your husband, Robbie. Um, you guys have been here almost since they wanted the church. And but you used to work out in the city, outside of the home, and now you have two little boys running around uh, you in the house, and I know all about that. I got five kids of my own, but I would love for you to just talk to us a little bit about what's it like now being a mom that's at home, and you're not necessarily leaving much. Your husband's out. He's still going to work right now, and you know what's that like for you, just this kind of struggle with loneliness, how you continually pursuing Jesus in the seat? Yeah, so I think for me, it looks different because a lot of people would look and be like, you are with your kids all day. How can you be lonely? But I think loneliness doesn't necessarily have to mean you are alone. I think loneliness for me, Robbie leaves for work at five or six in the morning and doesn't get home until sometimes seven, eight, nine at night. And so I'm with these, I have a one-year-old and an almost three-year-old and I'm with them all day. Not a lot has changed schedule-wise for us, but not being able to be with other people, other adult people, um, can sometimes feel really lonely. Uh, not that my three-year-old isn't great to talk to, but it's just different not being able to be with my family, have them with us, seeing the boys making these changes, little kids grow and change so quickly. Um, so I think that's been just hard for me, as in loneliness um, speaking. Um, just having Robbie come home at the end of the day and I want to talk, but he's been talking to people all day long and he doesn't necessarily want to have adult real conversations. I mean, nothing against him, but he's talked out and I'm like, hi, you're the first adult I've seen all day. So <laughs> other than the lady in her backyard that I stop on our walks to talk to or anybody. Um, so I think for me, just not having that adult interaction, not being able to go to a store and just be around other people um, looks a little different for us. But um, every day I kind of try to put my gratefulness before my loneliness um, because God has provided. And above all, I am grateful Robbie has a job. I am grateful that I am able to work with children's ministry still. Um, and just putting that at the forefront instead of focusing on, dang, it stinks that my parents haven't seen the boys in three months, you know, um, and just relying on knowing that God will provide, and he does every single day, that we're healthy, we have everything we need, um, and providing the technology to be able to do this kind of thing, um, be able to meet with our small group still, uh, be able to at least see people's faces, even though it's technology and it's different, and for me, I'm a in-person person, um, I don't, I'm not like Dan, I don't do super great with technology, but I'm still grateful that that is here and we're able to do that. So connecting on that level has been really nice too. Wow. Wow. What a testimony. Just, just to remind us of being grateful in the season. Um, there's so many things around us that can take away from gratefulness. And I hear you talking about a mom and I watch my wife the same way, just a mom in this season and 
And yeah, I, I get it. I'm all talked out at the end of the day. And the last thing I want to do is talk more, but just being intentional and trying to trying to connect even in a marriage uh, in this season. So I thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you. Last but not least, I'm going to move to my brother, Luke Greer. Um, Luke, you're an elder at our church. You work for Orchard Group. Um, you used to travel all around the world because of that. And now you're, you're probably on Zoom calls more than you want to be right now. But in a, if you would, man, just shed some light on this whole loneliness piece from, a, from the perspective of a pastor. Um, you're talking with pastors all over the place, and, and we deal with this, um, with being lonely as a dad, um, husband. If you just share some, just how do you deal with this? What's that, what's that look like for you? Maybe even what's that look like for other leaders that you talk to? Love to hear that. Yeah, you bet. I mean, I have the advantage of going after everybody else. So I get to say yes, what they said. It's all, it's all been really good. Um, I, I relate actually, uh, pastor D when you first reached out to me, I mean, <laughs> I'll share this with everybody. My first response was like, I'm not your guy. I just like, I'm temperamentally not like prone to loneliness. I'm, I'm pretty happy alone. And really it's exactly what Lauren said that we got to distinguish between aloneness and loneliness. Um, and so then more as I thought about it and also thought about pastors, myself, some of my own history and pastors that I know right now, the more I thought, actually, because I'm not prone to it, it's, it, it probably would be good for me to speak to this just because I know other people have shared some of my temperaments too. And the fact that somebody who's not necessarily prone to loneliness also gets lonely is something that we should say. Like I'm, everybody has this vulnerability about loneliness and, um, None of us are immune. And I have, I can think on seasons in my life uh, where there's been really profound loneliness. Um, as a missionary uh, living in a different country and culture, we have people who have uh, gone out of renewal and either have or are actively serving internationally. That's a special kind of like separateness or loneliness when you're in a different culture and language and place. Um, and, you know, as you said, uh, Pastor D, I, I have the opportunity to speak and I'm Typical week, I'm connecting with a number of pastors. Uh, the nonprofit I work for, we help to empower uh, pastors to start new churches. And loneliness is a theme that comes up. And so, I mean, I'd, um, I'd love to just share briefly even about a couple of ways that pastors get lonely, almost because um, almost I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about staff at, at Renewal. I'm thinking about you, Derek, and uh, other staff at Renewal. I mean, our, the Renewal staff takes great care of our church. And um, if we can be a little bit aware of a couple of ways that pastors get lonely, it helps us as a church take care of you, too. So um, I'm, maybe, I hope, not hijacking too much what you want to do, but I do want to mention this. Um, it's a pretty, two common ways that pastors and, and church staff get lonely. One is like leadership. So anybody who's listening or watching right now who's in leadership knows this experience. Anytime there's a difficult decision to be made, it's a special kind of leadership loneliness. Uh, when you have to make a decision as a leader between something that's like bad and worse, <laughs> and those decisions come up, it's a, that's, that is a lonely place to be. And it's common for a pastor to experience that. Uh, another really um, maybe a bit more unique way uh, that pastors experience loneliness is uh, just being out of sync with regular rhythm, with the, like the rhythm of life that the rest of the world is, go is in. So if you've worked, if anybody who's watching has worked in a, like a night shift um, as a physician or as stocking shelves or whatever, 
uh, for a season, you know what I'm talking about. Like you can be doing all the right things, eating well and exercising and taking care of yourself. And it still like takes a toll on you just being out of sync with the rest of your family and community and friends. For a pastor, there's an out of syncness that just is like cumulative over years because right when most of the world is, I know there are exceptions, but when most of the world is coming down off of like the high energy, high emotion work, when they're like entering the evening and the weekends is right when pastors are ramping up. A lot of ministry happens in the evenings and on the weekends. And so there's just like this continual disconnect, I guess. And so that can be a lonely place again. So I mentioned those two things so that we can uh, be praying for you guys and caring for you, uh, Pastor D and Kaylee and our other church staff. Um, and then I'll share one final little piece uh, for this that I've learned. I am learning about myself is to pay attention to certain indicators. So I th- we all medicate loneliness in different ways. And for somebody who's like me, who's maybe kind of uh, not as in touch with when I'm feeling lonely as I should be, uh, it's good to pay attention to to like indicators. So if I'm staying up too late, like night after night, that's an indicator that something else is going on in my heart. So it's like something I've I've learned about myself over the years. A few nights ago, this is so silly. I'm 41 years old. I was playing Lego with my son, my 10-year-old son. He went to bed. I stayed up for like two more hours building... (laughs) with Lego. There's no reason. And so I got to like check. I'm like, what's going on really? What am I avoiding? What am I medicating uh, right now with this like still like, like saying staying up too late. Um, and so like, there's just different ways we, people can over inter over entertain just binging show after show. They can overwork doing thing after thing after thing. They can bounce between those two overwork and, and over entertainment. And the irony is overworking and over entertainment are not giving us relationship. They might be actually isolating us more. Um, and so it's just pay attention to those indicators. And then um, the other thing is like speak truth to your heart. And I'm not going to go deep here because uh, Pastor D, I know you're going to take this, you're going to run with this, is like speak. The whole Christian story is about taking people who are separate and alone in their darkness and despair and uniting them and restoring relationship. And man, in lonely times, we got to speak that truth. We believers, Christian believers have to speak that reality. Like this is the story, like God has given us restored relationship. So I'll leave it at that. Brother, you could have kept going and I would have just shut it down and you just preached this sermon. That was amazing. Thanks so much for shedding light on just the struggle. And everyone watching, I, I know that you know, maybe none of these are you, but as you can see, everyone up here has different stories, different perspectives on what it looks like to struggle with loneliness. And my hope and prayer, as I said in the beginning, is that through these perspectives, it would help you kind of dive under the covers a little bit in your life to see, like, what am I dealing with? And is what's this loneliness thing? How do I medicate this? As Luke said, how do I, what do I run to in this season? Um, and just, you know, learn to sit there a little bit and let God work in that space to draw you to him. Again, thank you guys for doing this. I'm glad that you jumped on and I'm afraid that your testimonies continue to affect not only the people watching, but people all over the place. Keep running for Jesus in the season. Thanks again. Take care. Well, as you just heard, the struggle with loneliness, it's a real one. And it's real across the board, no matter who we are. We're all struggling with this this lonely 
space. But let me encourage you a little bit more. There was one that came before us that struggled with loneliness also. And his name was Jesus. Jesus leaves the confines of heaven to come to this earth. He leaves the community of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he comes to live on earth sinless, but living around sinful people, God and the flesh. And he lives his life for other people, his whole life, gives his whole life up for everyone else. Has 12 guys that run with him, 12 guys that they didn't really give much to him. They actually took from him. He poured his life out on these guys and they, they betrayed him. They denied him. They even fell asleep on him the night that he was captured. Loneliness. But, but, but I can't even begin to imagine now having to take on the sins of the world on yourself. The sins of the world. I know my sin, but the sins of the world, he's taken it on himself. Past, present, and future sins upon himself. He, he's he's, he's slouched over a stump and, and they're whipping him with cat nine tails, lashes on his back, ripping his flesh off his back. Then he gets across and he hikes up a hill, nails in his hands for things he didn't do. Loneliness. Even on the cross, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Loneliness. It's as if in that, in that moment, as he's feeling the weight of all the sins of all the people on his shoulders, it's, he is as far as anyone could possibly be from God in that moment. Why have you forsaken me? Loneliness. But yet, Jesus doesn't hop down off that cross and, and defeat all of his enemies. No, no, no. He sits on that cross, hangs, nails in his hands and in his feet, and endures the pain, endures the suffering all by himself. And watch this, because he did it. If we believe, we now have the gift of eternal life, salvation. Friends, I don't know if you're catching it, but loneliness, it's not easy. It's not fun. Sometimes it's painful, but don't miss it. Because just like God did with Jesus, when we stay faithful and we seek his will, he always ministers to us and eventually ministers to others through us. Don't miss that. God's up to something in this season. And I don't want you to miss how he's ministering to you. I don't want you to miss that. So that in time, he can take that story that he's writing in your life. And he can use it to minister to other people. Family, I know. The struggle right now. It's real. But God is greater. Believe that with me. He's greater. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. You are an awesome God. We give you all the glory and all the honor. God, I pray that you would enter those spaces in our hearts where we feel lonely, where we feel distant from you. 
where we feel like we're by ourselves and that you would affirm us, that you would let us know that we're not and that you're near. When all else has left us, when people have turned their backs on us, God, the truth of the matter is that you never will. God, so I pray for that person that's feeling this, that they would believe right now, that they would know that you're a good God that never leaves nor forsakes, always loves and cares for his people. God, let us rest at your feet right now, knowing that you're a God that loves, cares, sticks, and stays. We love you, God, and it's in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray all these things, and everyone said together, amen and amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.